Cruyff, and welcome to the Welsh Music Podcast. How are you going, boys? All good, man. Down the off, very good. Good, good, good. So, um, this episode, um, Floyd Owen, novelist, listening back to the, uh, the the episode, I think it's the last one we've done before Dave joined the podcast, Neil. Um, it was a very strange time. I think it was like the Tuesday, the night before the, the first lockdown. Quite surreal, uh, listening back. It was. That was the exact word I was going to use, surreal. Um, you know, Floyd was such an entertaining and funny guest, uh, you know, a really engaging character and had the nicest man shed I've ever seen. Me, me and you have both got man sheds, but nothing like Lloyd. No, I tried to mod- model mine on his. <laughs> it it just, just felt quite strange, really. Um, as you say, it was just the night before all um, sort of lockdown. And um, I remember there being no handshakes on the evening and it was a bit sort of distant and that. But um, yeah, who knew what was ahead, really? And Floyd uh, chose Kelly Lee Owens' debut album. Um, I think, Neil, both of us admitted it wasn't something that, um, you know, was, was was in our collection. So, you know, and kind of one of the reasons why we set up the podcast to, to you know, to discover new music. What about you, Dave? Are you, uh, you a Kelly Lee Owens fan? Yeah, I, I didn't really know much about her as well. It seemed to come out of left field, uh, which is probably an apt statement given the sort of music that she creates. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, she's a real up-and-coming electronic producer and has really made some sort of sizable imprint in the last year, hasn't she? Yeah, I think when we recorded this um, this episode, um, it was just before she released uh, Inner Song um, last year, which was, um, yeah, one of my favourite um, favorite albums of, of the year. Really glad to be exposed to her music by Floyd. Um, what, what about you, Neil? What did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it... Um... You know, it, it just consolidated her reputation on top of her self-titled debut, uh, which we'll talk about uh, in a moment. Starts off with a great Radiohead cover arpeggio. It's got the singles on and melt, and one of the best sort of collaborations in recent times. Uh, Corner of My Sky featuring uh, John Cale, and um, an amazing video. I yeah, don't know yeah. if you've seen it in the Brecon Beacons with Michael Sheen with a, a, ma- a magic toaster that keeps flying out more and more toast uh, until it's <laughs> everywhere. You know. Yeah, but it's a great video. Have a look at it if you haven't seen it. I wish I had a magic toaster. I love toast. Oh. <laughs> it's immediately waiting for the toast, especially, you know, I like quite quite a dark brown, not a burnt, but dark yeah. brown. I don't know about you boys. What's your favourite toast setting? I, I think they borrowed that toaster from uh, Metro's back in the day. Remember at closing time when everyone would just suddenly have a... <laughs> Metro's toast. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, we have got a few episodes in in the bag now that, that we that we haven't released. I'll have to um, get my editing hat on and try and get these out because um, yeah, now that now little going back to a bit of normality uh, with you know kids going back to school. Um, hopefully, I won't be um, yeah working all the hours that um, that we have um, so we can get yeah, get some more episodes out. So we got um, Mr. Mr. Parfit. Himself yeah. uh, from Sixty Foot Dolls. Uh, we got Shaking Stevens in the bag. Um, what else we got uh, lined up and, and, got and recorded? Neil, who's the head of music at University of South Wales? Uh, who else we got? Uh, we got coming up um, Terry Hall, um, PR guru, uh, who's worked with the Who's Who all across the country, but synonymous with the Manic Street Preachers. And uh, she chooses their debut album, Generation Terrorists. And we've got the Anchoress, who will talk to us about the Holy Bible as well. So. Looking forward to those episodes. Yeah, and we talked about maybe another special episode um, following, you know, the the enjoyment and success of, of the ones we did in, in, in the past. So uh, Fuzzy Logic and Everything Must Go come out on the same day 25 years ago. So maybe it's something we can do. You know, I know um, Sue chose Fuzzy Logic and we've got someone else lined up for Everything Must Go, but um, maybe we can, we can discuss it together, boys. Absolutely. 
Cool. Well, uh, enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for uh, for downloading um, and subscribing. Um, if you can please uh, recommend and, and rate uh, the podcast um, or pass the pod, as I think Peter Crouch calls it, that'd be great. Diolch Rando. So, Cloyd, Croeso, Adiolch am Amsaheno. Pleasure. And thank you for uh, inviting us to the shed. The shed. Where the, where the magic happens. <laughs> well, some kind of dark magic. <laughs> it's not quite a proper gardener shed, though. It's, no, it's, it's, it's really nice, actually. It's, lovely. it's a little misleading. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's the point. It smells lovely as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. It's not what you think. <laughs> so, um, Cardiff born and bred, went to Glantarf. I did indeed, yes. Was um, music a big interest of yours growing up? Well, initially, I loved Shaking Stevens and Wham. <laughs> so <laughs> and, no. then, and, then I, and then I grew some pubic hair. <laughs> no, um, do you know what? When I was in my teens, music was on Hits 3 and on the radio on Sunday night chat show. Um, but I do, I do remember my awakening when I was a bit, you know, a bit older, 14 maybe. Um, my brother loved the Mannix for a start. So the Mannix were around. Um, but what really sort of opened my eyes was seeing U-Tant, the punk band who yeah. were, they were probably six or seven years, you know, they were like in the sixth form in school when I was in the oh, first yeah, yeah. year. But they played gigs for schools. Oh, <laughs> they okay. did go to schools. And they played one uh, for us when I, I think we were in first or second form. And it genuinely changed my life. Uh, up until that point, I was all about the pop charts. <laughs> and after that, it was, all right, so, you know, you, 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 th- there's, there's an alternative world of music out there. And they had a song called Plop Plops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... I, my my brother, who's a bit older than me, he I remember he had the seven inch. It's in my collection now, but he had the seven inch, and he was and he played at home, and uh, <laughs> you know it's left this mark, no doubt. <laughs> and I know I know um, Reese Reese Peace with the, the the front man as an adult now, and he's okay. a lovely man, but calm down. <laughs> a little <laughs> he still goes away with Wales and Canada City so I, well, he, um, surely he has his moments invented the Ayatollah didn't they in the gig in chapter I think. Yeah, yeah I remember that rumour going yeah. round it's hard to know if there's any truth in it <laughs> and then um, did you harbour any sort of rock star ambitions yourself oh yeah uh, after the sort of after I sort of got rid of my shell suit <laughs> <laughs> um, no you know I was like most kids, massively into sports, playing played rugby and football and tennis and whatever, cricket and you know whatever. Just love balls. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but yeah, when I was about fifteen, I remember, and like a brother of another friend of mine was in a band called Hannah Pay, and Hannah Pay were very popular, sort of, yeah, late eighties, early nineties, especially in Glantav and Cardiff, and. Um, we really looked up to them. They were cool as fuck. Like genuinely <laughs> the coolest people in school by a long way. And uh, we aspired to be them. And of course, early 90s, you had loads of influences. You had Happy Mondays and Stone Roses, Blur, um, you know, and then grunge came along and we all wanted to be Kurt Cobain. Yeah. I even took up smoking <laughs> just just so I could get a voice as gravelly as he. 
Unfortunately, I couldn't, couldn't keep, keep it in tune. That's why I had to pick up the bass guitar, <laughs> like all failed singers do. Um, and then you went to uni and uh, Bangor? I did, yeah. I was in, it was, it went to Bangor. I mean, fucking hell, I don't know why. Um, you know, wasted three years of, of my life. And, uh, you know, still paying the price today. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I had a great time in uni. And again, I was in bands up uh, up there as well. I was in a band called Lung, who were like a really heavy metal band. <laughs> we did one session for Raja Cymru. I don't think it was ever aired. <laughs> but, but it was pretty cool. And one of, one of the... Um, uh, the, the the lead guitarist, a guy called Alan Thomas, he's now like one of the head lecturers uh, in in the atrium. What's that? Previous called Day Cymru. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he plays yeah. in like a, a parody glam rock band. I can't oh, remember okay. their name, but they're fucking brilliant. <laughs> they're, they're based in Cardiff. I'll uh, send a link out somewhere. But uh, yeah, he was amazing, like a proper virtuoso guitarist and. As I said, I was always sort of surrounded by musicians. I, I'm a writer now, but I'd much rather be a musician. <laughs> and uh, another of my close childhood friends was Tom Rebold, who's still recording under various names today. He's like Quodega uh, on Bubble Rap. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's a composer for film. But we were really good mates when we were in school, and he, he was a virtuoso guitarist when he was 13 14 and uh so yeah he, he, he i was his bass player where he'd just teach me like parrot fashion the bass lines <laughs> so i could just be in the band with him and drive him around and give him fags <laughs> amazing <laughs> and then after uni um you worked in television i understand oh god i can't get away from it yeah worked for as a runner worked as a press officer you know, this BBC or S four C. Yeah, so you know, pretty boring middle class life. <laughs> but it all changed when you went to Australia. <laughs> I did, man. I went travelling. Wanted to see the world, and um, interesting. The, the best thing that happened when I was sort of a, a runner at this post production company. Two things: uh, one, the Super Furries were around. They'd uh, just released, uh, I want to say, Northern Lights, the single. And I think they were cutting the video there. And, you know, I'd I'd never been as close to, like, proper super rock gods. (laughs) As close as you're going to get to rock gods in Cardiff, anyway. And uh, that left a mark, just thinking, wow, that's the life. I mean, they... They they just you know stank the whole building out with a <laughs> dank weed. <laughs> I thought yeah that's that's nice, but uh, but it, it it really inspired um, my writing, the the the, the my time um, working, and the sheer depths of self loathing that I went to in that time, and out of that came a career of sorts so it wasn't all bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you um after you come back from uh, from australia yeah um you i think you mentioned the story of was it tubs yeah, yeah man. in a, in, in kai's <laughs> podcast so uh, we'll, we won't we won't go over that one again yeah, but go and listen it's to a that. cracking story it's a wicked story we'll add it to the show notes. it's all 
almost true. <laughs> you can't can't believe everything I say. <laughs> um, yeah, you said you um, you sort of inspired your writing career working in TV, and and you started writing scripts for films, and then I did. Um, you'd moved into novels with an idea of the time in TV called Too Much Television. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was literally based on my time working as a runner, and. Uh, and as I said, just pretty dark time of life, but something good came of it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, just fall into it, man. I had no plan. I still haven't got a plan. I mean, you know, this this year alone, I've translated, I've written, you know, um, a, 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 some some of my novel. I've also taught and mentored other authors, and I've written for TV. So I'm still making it up as I go along. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, talk us through um, your first novel. Uh, submitted it to um, the Eisteddfod for adjudicating. Um, and a quote they said, uh, beyond normal and safe publishing boundaries. What was all that about? That's going to be on my graves. <laughs> yeah. And close to genius. Uh, but they well, still didn't award you the prize. It was pretty pretty horrific stuff, to be honest. I I, um, I wanted to shock I, I thought that the established literary scene was quite stuffy and old-fashioned, and I wanted to drop a bomb, um, so I did, and you know, got away with it. Because <laughs> again, it, it's it it led to some some to, it led to to good things, yeah. but looking back, it was yeah yeah it was quite awful. So, who would have been your <laughs> sort of literary uh, influence at the time? Oh well. I mean, the biggest two, uh, uh, two Cardiff writers, uh, Lloyd Robson, um, who now lives in New York. He's a he's a poet uh, and a like a typesetter, and uh, he he wrote an um, he wrote an amazing book called Cardiff Cut, which is a, a, a like an epic prose poet prose poem even um about 24 hours in cardiff and it, it is it's honestly it's, it's what made me want to write yeah i wanted to try and do something similar to where uh, what lloyd was doing and lloyd uses all his senses there's you know the smells the sounds of the city and uh he's got an amazing uh ear for dialogue and i was like right i've got to try and do this but i'm going to try and do it in welsh and uh um, you know, so so he was a massive influence and inspiration. So was John Williams, who wrote the Cardiff trilogy, which is just you know about as good as it gets for you know sort of <clears throat> what you'd call Anglo-Welsh literature. I think, for me, I think um, I remember you saying or I've read that you said that um, you, you know you just said then you wanted to sort of shock. Yeah. But what you also did was you wanted to sort of express how people actually spoke. Yeah. So it didn't have to be grammatically correct in yeah. in Welsh and. No, absolutely. And, yeah, and absolutely. I, as I said, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't find any sort of books at the time that spoke to me or spoke my language, as it were. Um. So, and this is again, you know, I'm close to my brother, and this was a complaint that we both had. So I sort of wrote it for him, really, and yeah. for me. Just like oh, this is the kind of book I'd like to see um, being being published, and you know, amazingly, in in my wake, um, within within a within the month, uh, uh, um, another author called Dewi Prasad from Blaine uh, from 
like Blaine Fistiniog area. Um, he published his first novel called Brithit within a month of mine, and his was of the same vein. Um, and all of a sudden, you had a little scene going on. And since then, there have been other authors writing, um, you know, not in a similar style, but in a similar sort of, you know, uh, sort of um, in the nature of the work. Yeah. And, uh, and it's great now because you've got a choice. If you like a, this certain kind of book, then you have a choice of authors you can go and read. And that, I don't think might maybe existed yeah and now you're an adjudicator at yes Edward as well i so did yes last you, year yeah you get to uh <laughs> you get to choose and make it the norm the those who challenge yeah it's quite funny that it's sort of it made, full me, circle. made me quite happy <laughs> uh you followed up with your second novel then uh feed gobaith uh cariad mm. uh, meaning faith hope and love yeah uh, which went on to win the 2007 welsh book of the year awards yeah shocking <laughs> <laughs> Shocking stuff. Yeah, man, it's never going to be repeated. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll milk that for as long. I'll always be called an award-winning author now. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's all I wanted. <laughs> and that one you translated into English as well, didn't you? It did. And I think it sold more copies in America well, than it did in the UK. Yeah, right? we're only talking about 50. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did all right um, the, the, in translation now. And... Um, yeah, it helps if you can stick, you know, a winner of an award yeah, yeah. on the cover of it. Um, but I wrote that as a gift to my wife. To be honest, yeah, I, 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 I wrote with no expectations of selling anything. I, you know, it's it's not paramount to the process for me. And my wife is a Welsh learner, but she she you know she she struggles to read. Welsh, especially when it's written as badly as my books are, <laughs> and um, so yeah, I wrote that for her really and her family just to sort of show them that I'm not lying <laughs> about going to the shed to write. <laughs> so, um, how important is um, writing in the Welsh language to you? Because obviously, you've done it in English and you know sold more copies. But from a cultural um, point of view and legacy, how how important? Well, is it? It, it's 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 everything to me now. To be honest, um, there was a time where I thought, oh, I'm going to translate all my books into English. Yeah. But uh, um, it's slowly dawned on me that it's not important. What's important to me is is uh, is adding something to Welsh language culture, be it as small as it actually is, but to, you know, to, to sort of... To add something to it is really important. Uh, it's far more important than adding even less to English language culture. Yeah. Um, and I think that as a father to two children, I think until I had children, I think I, I, I took the language quite for granted. It was always there. I come from a Welsh, obviously with a name like Lloyd, I come from a Welsh-speaking <laughs> family. But it was just there. I, I I hadn't seen the struggle that my parents and my grandparents um, had gone through. That wasn't part of it for me at all. I it was just it was just taken for granted. It was it was there. It would always be there. But I think it took for me to have children to realise that that wasn't quite true, and it's still a lot to fight for. Yeah. And amazingly, we have we have a great great Welsh language culture. Around now, it's, it's thriving, 
And I think that that's the key components to it all. Because without a living culture, then you have nothing. So and the arts are so important absolutely, for, absolutely, for... Essential. Yeah, for music as Essen- well. Oh, I mean, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, the music scene we've got right now is amazing. Yeah. It's alive. <laughs> and uh, it's the same Same's true for, you know, for, for literature. Yeah. The, the, you've got an abundance of amazingly innovative and experimental authors churning out great books um it would be good if we could reach more more readers but it's they're there yeah <laughs> if anyone wants to tap in it's it's an amazing amazing culture well the million speakers initiative hopefully it's like a million readers and listeners yeah. as well there's a there's a big difference between having speakers and readers um read, re- readings a discipline yeah um i mean to, to to some people, not to me, um, it's utter pleasure. But then it's something I practice every day as well. Yeah. But you know, hey man, we we know that that's not true for a lot of people, right? So um, you know, you can get them to read the Sun or the Daily Mail. You can't get them to read <laughs> Ulysses. <Yeah. laughs> and um, you've been incredibly prolific, sort of mining their inspiration as well. Yeah. Um, Twelve novels in now, so roughly yeah. a novel a year. There was a point where I'd done 10 in 10, which I milked for about a year (laughs) (laughs) until I failed to deliver the 11th. Like the Eros Childs of of literature. And he just turned around at the last minute, didn't he, last year? He did. He dropped one with um, Sweet Baboo at the last minute, didn't he? (laughs) Gingerbread house. Yes. um, I don't know. I just, just compelled to create, you know. Um... And I've I've found myself in a position where I've got a great publish publisher who wants to publish my books, and if I can deliver, they'll release them. So shout out to Alolva. Absolutely, yeah. they you know they've been paramount to 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 my career. Yeah, and um, many others. Yeah, and well, exactly. Oh, they've been immense. Uh, you know, and again, we're talking about a culture. Yeah, Lolva have played a huge, huge part in that. Um, but also, you've got to remember as well. There's, eco- there's a question of economics as well in it all. That you know, if you want to do make any kind of living writing in a minority language, you have to be as prolific as you yeah. possibly can. Um, just because I'm, you know, I'm not Brett Easton Ellis who can spend eight years, <laughs> you know, between. Leave eight years between novels doing his well, own research. Well, funny, you know? funny enough, you uh, mentioned Brace Nellis. Obviously, he was the early 90s American psycho. Was that an uh, influence at all on your early writing? Um, um, it's not my favourite Brett Easton Ellis book. My favourite is Luna Park. Oh, that's and, uh, and, um, that's bonkers. I, I pretty much Absolutely ripped bonkers. that off uh, one of my novels. Was, <laughs> pretty that, much. was like, that the one with like Hugh Stevens was the character in it? Oh, no, it no. wasn't. No, no. <laughs> no it's a similar yeah, sort yeah, of thing. He does turn up yeah. in one of them, as does John Barrowman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the one, oh, Luna Park, I just love the way that he sends up his own life yes, yeah. at like the start. So the fir- yeah. the first sort of thirty pages of Lunar Park is probably the, the my favourite bit of fiction ever. Yeah. It's it's genuinely laugh out loud funny, yeah. and I I try to do something similar as in sending up my life as yeah. a so, so as a, as a writer and and getting and then getting the story to, to like to change and morph into 
what you wish for at the mm. start of the novel. And uh, yeah, so yeah, loved it. <laughs> um, and talk of being uh, prolific, yeah, you, you work as a full-time translator as well and, and also a fellow podcaster. Oh, yes. Um, so let's talk about Doistim Gaikam Raigam Random, uh, your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, massive inspiration for me. I was sort of, <laughs> I'm a learner myself, uh, Eto, and... Um, <laughs> I yeah, I'm trying to sort of like absorb as much as I can in terms of like Welsh language culture and yeah. stuff, and um, listen to as many podcasts as I can. Uh, Podpath, uh, your podcast, um, among Ellis James's one. Um, so, what gave you the idea to do that? Well, again, it's something I've been talking about for years. Listening to podcasts for years, yeah, thinking I could do something like that, <laughs> and then. I think I just got on my wife's nerves about it so much that so she just went, just fucking go and do it, will you? <laughs> and um, yeah, I just happened to, I got quite a good contact book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I got to know Carwin, Carwin um, Alice from Car- from Colorama. Yeah. He'd played at one of my gigs, at, not my, one of my gigs, at one of my book launches, yeah. sorry. So I got to know him. And I thought that's a good place to start, right? Carwin's yeah, uh, yeah, got yeah. an amazing story. Um, so I asked him and sort of this is just rolled from there, really. So I did 50 episodes in two years, pretty much to the day. Yeah. I think I recorded the first one on the 4th of January and the 50th on the 6th of January, two years later. Amazing. And I haven't done one since. <laughs> <laughs> it was Rodri the last one, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been really busy this year. <laughs> yeah. And as you boys know, it takes up a bit of time, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nobody's given you any money for it. <laughs> we've asked, we've asked, we've tried. So yeah. how would you describe it to someone who hasn't heard it? Well, it's there's 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 two, I suppose, different kinds of, of, of episodes. There's a straight... I do straight um, interviews like... Bit like the this one, yeah. uh, where I have someone more interesting than myself on, <laughs> and we talk about their their life from you know hey, from Carwin through to you know Rufus Mufasa on you know Griff Rees, Mark Roberts, Lewen and Man on Stefan Ross, but then I also do like politically, um, sort of political slant on it as well with Gad Moncada on Sears, um where we look at because the world's going fucking insane, right? Oh, oh mate. yeah. So sometimes Absolutely. you you got you got to you got to sort of talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. They're a lot of fun. I I love doing it, and I'm not very I'm not a very sociable man, <laughs> but I'm sociable on my own terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've met some fucking amazing people over the over the last two years doing that. Yeah, really yeah. have, as I'm sure you mm. boys have. Yeah, yeah. Doing yeah this. no, it's been fantastic. It really and is. I think a lot of the. Um, a lot of the guests you've had on your podcast have crossed over into ours. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, um, yeah, I was listening Oves, to... Gwyneth, um, yeah. Ellis, yeah. James, you've had him on as well, Hugh Stevens. Yeah, everyone's got their own bloody story in Wales, haven't they? <laughs> 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 Definitely. Um, and let's talk about the theme tune, because um, that was someone else. Yes. Um, you mentioned Hannah, Hannah Pay earlier in the podcast, and they do the theme tune. It's amazing. <laughs> they, they, they do. I mean, Hannah Pay were amazing. A funk band <laughs> from Cardiff who were in their teens, and they they had a their, their leader is a guy called Dav Palfrey, who uh, who's an amazing guitarist and also sings and raps and you know he can pretty much do anything. Um, 
and he had uh, like a vision to do um, the brand new heavies did uh, an album called Heavy Rhyme Experience Volume One in 1992, where they went to New York and played live funk instrumentals. And they had Guru and Grand Pooba and Tiger and Black Sheep and the Far Side rap over them. And Palfrey went, oh, I'm going to do the same with all the rappers in Wales. <laughs> and he did that one. So that song's with Mr. Formula. So Mr. Oh. Formula raps over the originals yeah. and then they ran out of rappers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the original Dice Team Guide can bring a random song is a peach. Yeah. And it's got Palfrey and Mr. Formula rapping oh, on man. it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you a podcast aficionado yourself? Like, what sort of stuff would have inspired? Well, I, well, the two main influences or inspirations were um, a podcast that I've been listening to since 2006, and I still listen to it weekly to this day. I listened to one, to, the latest one today, a podcast called Sick and Wrong. And it's brilliant. It's really subversive and it just looks at the, the stranger side of the news, shall we say. Um, but yeah, so I, I was listening to them for, what, 12 years before I actually thought, oh yeah, yeah. I can do something like that. Uh, but also Podpith as well yeah. with the, the, the Pitts Brothers, Brothers and Ellen by now. But I, I, I went on their the, the show as a guest back in one of the earlier episodes and I did think to myself well if these two idiots can do it <laughs> I reckon I could have a pop <laughs> I, I think I, I heard you mention also it's like uh, like a Betty I football as well yeah you, you, you on Betty show <laughs> I have yeah, on I Betty so. yeah. yeah someone called uh, random uh, Betty I football on crack <laughs> <laughs> amazing um, so you've also been described in the past as uh Wales's answer to Irving Welsh. Yes. Big praise. Oh yeah, that's going on my gravestone as well. It's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be quite packed. <laughs> he um he famously wrote Train Spotting among other, yeah. other things, which um you know turned into an amazing film with an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. What would your um Welsh train spotting soundtrack Ooh. comprise of? Well weirdly, right, on with my third novel, Oregidolav, the last hit, um I I compiled Produced, made a cover um, of a soundtrack to go with a film, with 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 a book, oh, um, and gave it away gave, with the first fifty copies sold. So I can tell you exactly oh, <laughs> what was on the soundtrack <laughs> to one of my books. If I can find my old iPods to have a look at it, yeah, it is. Oh, amazing! It's not out of charge now, but um, so I took. I was I was obsessive when I, in my earlier novel. I don't I don't do this anymore. Um, but in my earlier novels, especially the first three, I'd be dropping names of songs oh, every fucking paragraph, <laughs> thinking, hey, man, look how cool I am. <laughs> oh, that's out of charge. Uh, uh, classic. Um, oh, no, it's not. Hello. It's, there's life. There's life in it. Um, yeah, so I'd be, I'd be dropping, like, the first, my first book, which isn't even here, handy, uh, that had quotes from songs pretty much at, at the start of every chapter, um, the second book, yeah, it was just obsessively. Hey, look at cool! Look how cool I am. <laughs> it was like that. It's fucking embarrassing now. But um, the third one, as I said, I did a proper soundtrack, and I've met a few people 
<laughs> down uh, over the years who have said, oh, yeah, I've still got that. I've still got that CD. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I had, what did I have? I had, um, Os- oh, what's his name? Oscar Wood, a really old blues player. He opened with a Lone Wolf Blues. Uh, Sly and Robbie. Anne Revan. Yeah. Um, this is old fucking iPod that's frozen on me now. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, Dub Be Good To Me. <laughs> Harvey Mendel. Peter Green. Griff Reese. So that kind of thing, man. But they all coincide. So every song on the soundtrack was name-checked in the chapters. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's is it though? <laughs> Tarantino in a is weird way. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It, I, I thought it was at the time, but yeah. And I had I even had um Thanethi male voice choir doing sitting on the dock of the bay on it. <laughs> nice. Which is a classic, to be fair. <laughs> and um talking of soundtracks, uh yeah. let's talk uh Yoith and Evoys now. Um oh, I know yeah. it was one of your choices for the uh, best of 2019, I think. Yeah, I think we're top, top three albums of the year. Yeah, 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 that made me very happy. Oh, it. mate. See, I, I don't think it's 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 received the attention that it deserves. Oh. I really don't. But uh, like, and I think, like, if you just, even if you, the concept in itself and the beautiful box set that is presented is just fantastic, but you can sort of, like, <clears throat> remove them and it's just a, it's an amazing album. And you, you feature on the first track as well. <laughs> I do, as man, the narrator. I do, yeah, I think. The girls love it when I put that on. <laughs> yeah, <you> Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite as uh, cheery as your usual Davino. That it's yeah, quite a it's, sort of dark dystopian sort of feel. Uh, it's album. do you know what? It, quite apt. It's um, for the for the world. Yeah, right I got now, yeah. I got a text off Griff Lynch the other day, which pretty much just said so. So Yaith and Evoy is coming true. Then he said, <laughs> um, but. Um, it's it's I'm really really proud of what we did because the boys came here um they they just contacted me out of the blue I I knew Griff vaguely um I'd met him a few times but they got in touch and and and, and came over and presented me with this concept and they, and, and at the time it was literally we want to do a concept album about a Welsh cult and that yeah. was all, 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 all the brief I was given, um, and and initially they said, "Oh, it doesn't have to, you know, we don't expect the album and the book to be connected. It's just a, it's just a loose concept we want." And I was like, "Yeah, fair enough." And I happened to be going on holiday to Italy, um, like a couple of weeks later. And I'm always quite creative um, on holiday. You're always up early, and I've got a notebook, and I I pretty much written like the outline of the book um, on holiday, listening to quite a few podcasts on cults and stuff like this, and uh, and, and then I wrote it. it. Took me about two months. This is not long. It's only about twenty five thousand words, and I and by the time I'd finished the first draft and gave it to the boys. They hadn't even like thought about the concept, the the the, the project because they they're all working. Yeah. So they hadn't even thought about it. So it worked out well though because then they could base the lyrics 
on the content of yeah. the book. So therefore, making it a real concept yeah, yeah, yeah. album. So now the the songs are based on the book. So it, it makes it as a you know a, 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 it's it's more than a companion piece. It is a proper yeah, full yeah, blown nineteen yeah. seventies concept album. <laughs> but uh, the, the I mean the the, the odds are beautiful in that they write gorgeous pop songs but if you listen to the lyrics they're usually the darkest pit that you will ever go into yeah and it's perfect for that you uh, dystopian sort of novel and concept album we've created yeah i was going to ask how much sort of input did you have into the sort of sound of the album with the boys oh no 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 did you want to as well? Be no, no, God, and Bennett, no. <laughs> <laughs> I might <just> kind of drop, <laughs> drop a few bars by the <laughs> I, I got, I got a bass. <laughs> but I did, I did get to go on tour with them. Yeah. Um, at the end of last year, I'd say a tour. Oh, we went to Carnarvon, <laughs> but it was amazing. So I, I'd, I'd, I'd uh, get up and do the opening number. So that I'd do the 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 spoken words yeah. bit that's on the album, but do it live in front of a, an audience. That's, that's, a, that's a nice. Uh, you know that's what? a nice dig, guys. It's, it's only about a minute long, and then you can just get pissed. <laughs> <at you. laughs> Suited me perfectly, but they were so tight. Yeah, and uh, they were really good. And then we did it in club. Then a week after. Yeah, we, and, the week was supposed to go. And to it that was, one. you know, it was brilliant. It was the night the fucking election results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a really strange. Uh, atmosphere to be honest because everyone was so down because um, no Tories got a club you've got a back <laughs> and um, we, they somehow you know managed to sort of lift everyone as well because they are it's quite euphoric and uh, the, the last song I've forgotten the name of the last song in the album which is an absolute like house bang. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like it's a house bang it's like completely changes house yeah, yeah. track but live yeah. it's Fucking amazing. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I love um, Tame and Brave, the, oh, the song that comes yeah, in after the intro. It's just so, so good. good. Just picks you up after that yeah. sort of like yeah, dystopian <laughs> yeah. sort of uh, monologue at the mm. start. Um, so before we finish, you, you touched on it with the Tories. I want to talk to you about oh. like Anna Benioff, uh, Welsh yeah. Independence. You're very passionate about it. Um, <laughs> and you put your name towards uh, Kian's Yes Is More, yes. 55 Voices for Independence campaign. Did, um, yeah which signifies 55% of 18 to 24-year-olds in Wales that support Welsh independence. Wow. Can you talk a little bit more about that and why is this so important to you? Well, it's, I, I'm embarrassed by now uh, by being part of Britain. Yeah. Um, and again, it's, it's not something that I really contemplated or thought about much growing up. Um, politics was something that happened over there. Um but in the last decade, and let's face it, it's because of social media, um, we're much, much more connected to what's going on politically. Um, that is a good and a bad thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just the ex- politicians are so exposed. And all I, all I want at the end of the day is are politicians who are working for Wales. That's all, that's all it is. And we're, we're not ever going to get that being ruled from Westminster. It doesn't matter the level of, devolu- of de- devolution you, we have. If if we don't control our own business, then, we're, you know, we're, we're fucked. And we yeah. are fucked. So it's something 
really has to change. I I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime. I mean, I don't know if how how long is left now of the world with the, with what's going on at the moment. But um, th- there's definitely a, a change coming, and you know, we I, I I definitely hope that it'll happen in my children's lifetime. But uh, yeah, it's ju- it's just why why would any country sh- why should any country be ruled by another country? Well, yeah. It makes no sense at all. Do you think 2021 elections in the Assembly is going to make a difference? I don't think they're going to happen now, are they? No, true. <laughs> we moved on. So, so someone posted something, anyone won this Euro 2020 poster? Because <laughs> <laughs> everything's going to be, yeah, yeah knocked I, on I mean, Stockholm Syndrome is strong in Wales. Um, it's going to take a lot to change people's minds, but it's slowly coming because... What we haven't had in the past are answers to questions like, what will you do economically? Well, yeah. there are now papers yeah. written that answer these questions. Well, Adam Price going, the one he wrote when he was in Harvard, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, like that. So there's loads of, uh, you know, the, 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 the answers are there now, yeah. whereas maybe they weren't, or maybe access to them wasn't there. Yeah, true. But uh, yeah, on a personal level it's just it does it makes me cringe to be even associated with the concept of britain <laughs> yeah um thank you Chloe Dior. <laughs> um it's about this time that we asked the guests uh to choose an album by a welsh artist oh, that yeah. um that means something to them obviously but um to induct into the welsh music hall of fame yes who have you gone for I have chosen Kelly Lee Owens' debut album from 2017. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, again, like we had uh, Helia Phoenix on um, who chose uh, High, High Contrast. Contrast the other day. And, um, yeah, a little bit out of my comfort zone. I'm sort of in the, in, in the sort of guitar indie sort of mood. But, yeah, yeah so when you suggested I really hadn't, hadn't heard Do you, it. Have you, you've listened I've to it. I've listened to it several yes. times. Listened to it in the car on the way here. Listened oh, to new single as well before the, the yeah, second well, album it. comes it's out. Good, it's good timing, good timing isn't it? Yeah. Because she's got a new album out next in April, I think, yeah, isn't yeah. it? She's, yeah, I think Melt is the last... Uh, last thing i heard yes um but yeah a bit ambient techno that's kind of your vibe (laughs) well as you can see yes (laughs) i I have a uh quite a vast record collection which which literally spans everything from abba to zappa (laughs) and i am not a sort of uh a, a music fan that likes one genre or just turns his nose up at anything if you know if if it's if it's outside his comfort zone. I've always I've always as a as a, I've always loved music, and I and I realised quite early on that there's no such thing as bad music. There are bad songs, yeah, but you know there's no such thing as a bad genre of music. Um, so I love guitar rock <laughs> and indie. And these days I listen to jazz a lot, <laughs> like a complete wanker. <laughs> I also love dub reggae and, you know, all sorts of stuff. But I've also, throughout my, like, sort of musical life, so from the time I was like 16, 15, 16, I remember listening to a lot of the Orb and Warp Records, uh, so you're talking Ortecra and Black Dog and Sabres of Paradise and early Aphex Twin. I still listen to these this t- today. 
Um, and when Kelly Lee Owens, because I don't know her, so I'm not going to call her Kelly. <laughs> when <laughs> Kelly Lee Owens, his album dropped, I, I can I, honestly, I couldn't believe my ears. It was it's so good, and it's. I, I listen to a lot of music on my headphones while I'm translating. Yeah, and it it, it just it just fucking did it for me, and um, it comes on the back of two other amazing, actually three or four other amazing uh, Welsh or electronica records by Welsh artists, and I want to I want to like sort of talk about that for a little bit because yeah. I think we're a bit obsessed. In Wales, with guitars, rock. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Yeah, if you look at the Welsh Music Prize, they're inevitably yeah, won by rock. And <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough, man. But I, I think that um, hip hop and electronica is really underappreciated in Wales. So I want to take it all the way back. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> to Shout, give some shout outs to some amazing artists that have come along the way. It all starts with Malcolm Neon. Um, from I mean, this this guy, I don't remember Malcolm Neon the first time around because I was literally three years old when he started record releasing. But, um, but I, I bought his sort of uh, his retrospective, which is an amazingly packaged little vinyl, super duper vinyl deluxe with a hidden little seven inch in there unfortunately the recordings aren't brilliant yeah you know what were they using back in 1980 i don't know but the the sound quality isn't brilliant but his influence is undeniable um that bluggy for example and gwena saunders openly professes her love for malcolm neon yeah so his you know we're talking f- literally 40 years later the man's still influencing artists today and that's that's immense yeah that is immense and you know a lot of people won't have even heard of him in wales um the daddies of electronic music in wales though are slobber Slaythog. Yeah. yeah we mentioned uh, there was a bit of a, a chat earlier about like who's the the first sort of hip-hop album <laughs> in in wales on on the on the podcast twitter account the other day and i think like um they were just looking for like LPs and stuff like that, but obviously yeah. like Bear is uh, an EP. And, well, I've got it right here. As yeah. it happens, Bear. And it's kind of like you know when when you're sort of talking about genres like that, you have to consider other yeah. formats. That's not an e- That's a seven. That's seven tracks. Seven tracks in between. It didn't Kanye West drop an album with seven <laughs> tracks on it quite recently? Yeah, uh, it does. I mean that that to me that's the first, uh, especially uh, I think I put it on for you earlier. Popeth at a record, and Mawedi Kali Voin, which is just p- pure samples. Yeah. And this is from, I think, 1984, I think. Which is old now, right? 35 years old. How old are you, Neil? Thir- yeah, I'm, it's older than me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In 1986, I was born. Yeah. yeah. But, so, yeah, it's older than It's two years older than you, that record. And is that a picture of Kez on the back? Is that Kez? It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nicking everything. I bet they didn't pay for the rights. <laughs> so but, uh, just to just to talk about Chloe Thug, especially Chloe Thug, have, have just continued to produce and to remix and to influence and to collaborate with so many good artists. You know, from the Super Furries to Gwena uh, to Rufus Mufasa, and their last album, which came out probably five years ago now, was called Dub Kamraig. 
And if you if you if you do like a bit of dub, it's a it's an absolutely banging dub album. Really laid back. Gallon Jadman, Gwena, Loda, Mr. Formula, I think is on it as well. Lush. Absolutely amazing. Um I, I hope they 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 will uh, produce something else soon as well. Um what else? I'd like to talk about um you've got to mention Omni by the Acid, Acid Casuals, Casuals yeah, as yeah, an, yeah, yeah. a bona fide classic. That yeah. that that was almost my choice. Oh really? But then I thought these boys, these super furry animal connections, <laughs> they've got to stop. <laughs> but Omni by the by the Acid Casuals is genuinely a high watermark like- in like down tempo. It's like it's 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 an instrumental hip hop album, really. Mm. It's beautiful i love it um you had kev on the podcast as yes well. indeed i did yeah yeah, yeah. And did um was, was clear evans in that band as well or was he just in the these sort of would would dip it dj in with them oh, okay but on the album because a video isn't there when they're walking yes. on cardiff and he's yeah. getting oranges thrown yeah. at him and yeah and they, yeah so when they play live he'd often like dj with him but on the album i believe it's kev dav and kian yeah and then Melia Gwyneth and Melia on guitar on a couple of tracks, tracks maybe, yeah. yeah. So that's that's an amazing, amazing record. Um, I've got to mention Pesky Records, yeah. which is um, which was Reese Edwards, yeah. who is uh, Gweno's guitarist and producer. Of course, they. Gwena's first album was released on Pesky. Pesky, yeah. So I've got I've got a first edition his, of that. What was his um Jacka Koyak? Jacka Koyak. Jacka Koyak, yeah. yeah, yeah. Reese is amazingly under again, underappreciated, yeah, under yeah, the yeah. radar. But I don't think he wants to be anywhere near the radar, which no. is fine. He just lets his music talk. But Pesky Records are genuinely amazing. Um we had R. Saliog's first EP shuffles on it. Yeah. Uh, we had Plucky's first EP. I think it's just called Plucky. Have you heard of Plucky? No. Plucky is, um, I think he's, he is Welsh, but I think he lives in um, in Manchester and he just does, he's like um, a bit like the Aphex Twin in that he'll, 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 he'll write an amazingly beautiful like track and then follow it up with like ear bleeding noise track, you know, <laughs> like that. So yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, some of it's unlistenable, but some of it's just beautiful. And then Land of Bingo is actually, Reese Edwards, um, yeah, Reese Edwards, Griff Evan, and Hayden Hughes, and that's just a really wonky bit of lo-fi trip hop, uh, again on Pesky, and um, um, another just just a quickly, I got a shout out to DJ Guy. You've got to get DJ Guy onto your onto this podcast. Okay, Guy Evans, uh, he was part of the Ronnie Size yeah, Collective, yeah, yeah. and he's. He's now started releasing records. He was producing back in the nineties, and he'd he'd, he'd release stuff on on tapes, and he and he was a prolific DJ, but you know got no recognition, was totally under the radar, and then some, and then he released the, his tape collection, which was like really like lo-fi ambient dub, um, and he released them on Bandcamp, and so someone got in touch, and they've started releasing them on it on on vinyl now. And he's still producing, and he's better than ever. <laughs> and I'm going to shut up in a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your thing, mate. There's, your uh, there's in in the same like I knew I knew uh, I knew guy and his group of friends uh, for nefarious reasons, <laughs> and uh, another another couple of boys uh, started. 
um, a collective called Proton Industries, which were I can't even tell you their names because they 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 they, they would they, they wanted to be like underground resistance, which was like a completely faceless artist. You wouldn't know who was who was yeah. producing what, but it would all come under the same banner. And so these boys are like underground resistance, but from Dinas Poes, and uh, and they're, they're still around. And they they um, the Hidden Persuader is one of them. I can't remember the name of the other guy, but it's, it's fucking bang. It's like Detroit electro from Dinas Poes. It's well worth checking out. Oh, cool. It's brilliant. And then finally, we're almost there, boys. We're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a two two albums that came really close to pipping Kelly Lee uh, Owens uh, to the post today was uh, In Hurts by R. Saliog, which came out on Turnstile in, I think, 2015. Oh, my God, this is a good good record. This is this takes me right back to 1994. <laughs> and, and I think uh, with, with Kelly's record as well, she... Like, uh, th- like the influences are there to yeah. hear, but it's her record still, and that's totally true of uh, In Hurts. the The influences are right there. You can hear you can hear some really old school techno going on, and and some muddy, druggy. I love this record so much, <laughs> but you know, but it's uh, but you can tell it's R. Saliog. Yeah, and the same's completely true of my friend Tom. Uh, Tom Rebold, his last album called Only Forward, it was released under quote, quote, the Quodega name. Oh my God, this is fucking amazing, this record. It's, it's again, it wears its influences on its sleeve, but it's 100% Tom. Uh, you know, you've got your craft work and your old tecker and your boards of Canada coming through. But again, it's, there's just that, 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 that uniqueness of sound to it. And the same is exactly true of Kelly Lee Owens. And um, we all know that bearded middle-aged men can make electronica, right? But who who knew that? <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. How, how old, I don't want to offend her. How old is she? Kelly? Was, she a twenty-one-year-old yeah, girl. A twenty-eight when that came out. Yeah, a twenty-eight-year-old from Hrill yeah. could could write such a fucking seminal, like genuinely an amazing record. And, and she's been on, she's been touring the world with John Hopkins yeah, since. Yeah. And she's about to, and she's, she's, oh, she's just fucking amazing. And she's, if you see her on Instagram or whatever, Twitter, she's cooler than fuck. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the yeah. girl is amazing. So it, it came out in um, March 2017. To an extent, like Kelly was a little bit of an unknown mm. quantity at the time. It was on a Norwegian record label, um, Small Town Super Sound. Is that what I um, got the first pressing? <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> Let's have a look. Um, by the end of the year, um, I have. It was. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, by the end of the year, it was named Mojo's um, Magazine's Electronica Album of the Year. Did it? I didn't yeah. know that. And um, so, how did she come onto your radio? And what? And did it, did you love it straight away? Oh, I, I, I do you know what? I have no idea how she came on my radio. It's it's the beauty of social media, isn't it? It came across my screen from someone, and um, it might have even been Annie Glass, because if I remember correctly. And also, shout out to Annie Glass's new album, Mirrors, which is yeah, fucking yeah, awesome. Um, Annie told me that, she, that Kelly Lee Owens used to work in Rough Trade She East. did East oh, in East, London, yeah. 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 Where Adwise played recently. And yeah, and I, yeah. Think, I, th- I think 
I think I think Annie knew her from there. I think there was a connection. Uh, yeah. so I think it might have come through Annie. There Annie was Glass. a bit of like a sort of electronic um, fraternity there. It was yeah. Daniel Avery and Ghost, Ghost Culture working there. Uh. Um, they, she interned at London's XL Records um, and followed a sort of similar uh, trajectory to you in terms of she was always very much an indie kid. Yeah. Uh, was in a band called The History of Apple Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Which just sounded like Sonic Youth. That's the fucking worst name for a band. Are you familiar with them all? <laughs> <laughs> the history of apple pie. That's amazing. You're not familiar with them, no? <laughs> I've never heard of them. No. I, uh, apparently they sound like Sonic Youth. So, uh, oh, well. Yeah. You know. And it, it wasn't until she started working in these record shops and she started getting into Bjork and uh, Techno. Uh, and that's where all just dated from, think, yeah. Yeah, she, I, used to, I live around the corner from Rough Trade East and um, yeah, she, she worked there. Uh, I didn't didn't see her there, but she I, by people like Bjork used to come into the record store as well, and she used to sort of like you know deal with her on a well, on a regular well. basis as well. Well, yeah, um, she uh, she used to see Bjork coming into Rough Trade, and she would think at the time, why on earth anyone listening to techno when Bjork would ask where the techno <laughs> section was? Yeah, <laughs> oh my but but you God. were you you were. Do um, you know what? Now that you now you say that, you can sort of hear in the like there's a real ethereal. Um, yeah, yeah. If that's how you say that word, even uh, quality to because the, there's this sparse vocals yeah. on Kelly Lee Owens's album, but yeah, it's quite reminiscent of something like like something Bjork. Yeah, yeah. I talk mean, about the influences early, and I, yeah. I definitely can hear Bjork in some of those. Yeah. And and you mentioned that you like listening to Kelly Lee Owens's um, album when you're sort of translating. So yeah. obviously, you need. Something with with no lyrics or, yeah. or sparse no, lyrics. I listen so. to mainly instrumental yeah. music these days. But she's also um, her her album is very soulful because you know making music with computers can be you know can be a little robotic robotic. But she's got soul to burn. Yeah, I noticed when we were setting up and I uh, made the mistake of saying it was a techno album. You were like, ah, it's not just techno. <laughs> So, so what what would be a fair defini- definition of a, a style? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's an it, 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 there's <laughs> there's techno in there, <laughs> <laughs> ambient. But uh, yeah, it's 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 there's it's an, amb- it's an ambient techno yeah. album, I'd say, as as is in Hertz and only forward. You know, it's it's uh, I, I, I I you know, and, and also. <laughs> I can sh- uh, so I've got two daughters, ten and thirteen, right? You show them a bearded man who's made a masterpiece of electronic music, and they're like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> <laughs> you show them, you show them that cover, yeah. and they go, "What? Yeah, what a yeah. girl who looks? Yeah. She doesn't look much older than my eldest daughter, to be yeah. honest." She's like, "What?" It's the same with um, something like Adwife. Yeah. Show, uh, um, played them a few Adwith tunes and 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 Saddle Saddle as well, who are an amazing band. Yeah. And I went, these girls are like six years older than you. Achieve, yeah. go and achieve go something. Yeah. <laughs> no, no pressure. Get off yeah. your phone. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm composing a masterpiece on it, Dad. <laughs> this is electronic. Can you um, hear any of Kelly's Welshness coming through on the record? I mean, uh, I know she's sort of inspired by um, the epic mountains where she came from in Snowdonia. Yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know if it's even crossed my mind. I don't know if I if I look for it. I, do I do I hear Welshness coming through in Arsaliog or Tom's music? I don't. I don't know. Um, I, it doesn't really matter to me. 
I, I it it's it's just a, a phenomenally beautiful album that I that I, I that I can that I could and I do listen to every week still yeah. Yeah. we're talking over two or well, three years later three years yeah to the month later when since I still listen to it all the time it's that good I've, I don't grow bored with it at all yeah. Um, in um, one of our early episodes, we t- spoke to um, the poet uh, Patrick Jones, yeah. and we spoke to him about um, the mental health benefits of music as a form of therapy, mm. and in particular his uh, play Before I Leave. And um, Kelly strikes me as someone who's also um, really sort of used music as a form of therapy in terms of, um, I don't know whether you're aware, but when she was um, in her um, late teens, she worked in a cancer hospital. And um, she's uh, very much sort of um, has used that experience to um, appreciate that, you know, we're only here for a finite time and that sort of thing. And she said certain frequencies can unblock things within you. I'm trying to bring these worlds together and open the idea of allowing yourself to be healed. So it's like the healing process of music. And I reckon she's probably taken a lot of energy from <laughs> me, hasn't she? No, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't want to... I don't wanna... Yeah, put the piss out of that at all. Yeah, it, it, it's, do, it's, do you find it like a sort of healing al- album? Does it do anything for you in terms of? Hey, hey man, I've got my own issues, and I use I use music as therapy mm. all the time, and you know I think it, use it use it as as you can, isn't it? But uh, yeah, there's no there's no sort of element of you know hippie healing music to yeah. it at all, as far as I can tell. But, uh, it says she's explored gong sound baths and a kind of aural ma- massage involving tremendous gong reverberations. <laughs> so that doesn't make any sense to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of glad I didn't know that much about it. <laughs> there's a, there's a, I can't remember what song it is, but there's a bit like there's, um, it feels like there's like wind chimes or something like that. Definitely, that yeah. Like making from like a xylophone or I don't know what the, the music yeah. instrument is, but yeah, there's definitely um, a, a, a sort of peaceful zen vibe oh, there's, to, it's to, definitely to, to, a peaceful album, album. Yeah. whereas when i was talking about in hurts that is not a peaceful album no. that is is it's quite a a challenging listen it, although you can listen to it as in the background and you don't have to be completely immersed it is it's a it's not made for oral with an AU pleasure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whereas whereas I think Kelly's is so yeah you know maybe she ha- maybe she that that whole healing thing is a part of it but it's for me that's not the point at all for me it's just a fucking banging album and I'd love to I'd love to go and see her play play it live because I'm I, it, it would be different right yeah it's yeah. too you you can't play that a down tempo set like that unless you're uh, in the chill out room. But. Well, I think like you know, obviously, a uh, second album's coming out shortly. She's released two singles from that, like we mentioned earlier, Melt, and um, I can't remember the other one, but it's got an amazing a music video, like in a Norwegian sort of uh, ferry or something like that. Yeah, these kids are walking around with a camera trying to film uh, film it. But um, maybe she'll maybe she'll play uh, maybe she'll tour the album and then you get to get to go. Yeah, see yeah. I don't get out much though, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, I certainly don't go to like four AM raves anymore. <laughs> what, what's the um, what's the highlights of the album for you? Any standout tracks? Oh, do you know what? I, I, I as I said, I listen to it as as, as an a, album. As an album, yeah. Um, I am I one of the only people who still does that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I, like I, I'm looking around and like you don't 
have CDs, so that <laughs> yeah. like everything's vinyl, and yeah, they're sort of like skipping. I feel, nature. I feel almost like if I don't listen to the album in its entirety, I'm almost like cheating. Yeah, the uh, the artist who's produced it. Yeah, and as I said, I do listen to 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 it. You know, on on my headphones while working off more often than not. Yeah. So yeah, there's it, it melts. It's a beauty. It's like um. Like an orb album, it's it's like it's like a ninety minute track. Yeah, Kelly's uh, album it's bleed into each other. It, yeah, it yeah, absolutely does. Yeah, it's it's a complete set of songs or a suite of songs as opposed to individual tracks. I reckon. Do you think like yeah, that's that's quite an interesting point because we there was something I think it might be like a Radio Six sort of um, poll or quiz or whatever. And it was like, what's the best side to track one? And most people don't think like that anymore, do they? And you know, a lot of tracks are written as individual things. I know things. the answer to that. Yeah, what is it? It's Death Threat by Cool G Rap and Brand New Heavies off that album I was talking about earlier on. And I will play it to you after yeah, this. And you will agree. Fact. Yeah. And uh, there's a tribute to um, the avant pop uh, pioneer, uh, Arthur Russell. Uh, what do you make of that? What, on the album? Yeah, Didn't Arthur. have a clue about that. No. <laughs> That's the second track, Arthur. That's what she, is yeah, it really? About, yes. Arthur, do you know what? Weirdly, Annie Glass is also obsessed with Arthur Russell. Oh, really? Yeah, so there is definitely a connection there. Yeah, but you've done much more research. I just, <laughs> I just listened to the music, man. <laughs> I, I, I did love Bird. I thought Bird was a Bird, real stand-up. Yeah, track. Bird's yeah. a good tune. Yeah. Yeah. Considering think, that's the one you went that with vocals on, which you know, vocals are brilliant. But I think yeah. that's the one with the um, is it the um, wind chime soundy thing. Oh. I love a wind chime. <laughs> Got some in the garden, yeah. And uh, the third track, Angzi. Uh, do you know who that's a collaboration with? Yeah, that's a poet, isn't it? I don't know. Jenny Far- Hartval? Yes. Do you know how to pronounce it? No. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Um, twin, so, it's a bit kind of Twin Peaks-esque. Yeah. Mysterious. Yeah, definitely. Yeah? Definitely. So it's only been three years since it, it was released. Yeah. And, you know, this is your favourite album by a Welsh artist ever. And looking well, around, how many Welsh... Or what was... What was your, actually, what was your definition of, of when we asked you the question what's what's actually really stayed with me recently what? no just like when no, we I, asked you like to choose an album yeah yeah no, that's, that's yeah. what i thought it's like right what, what what's actually stayed with me yeah, most yeah. Uh, and i listen to a lot of music man yeah, yeah. i do but uh yeah it's, it's the one i listen I, i've definitely listened to her record more than any other in the last three years yeah and, and I, I that's the criteria i guess yeah, yeah. And I think I, everyone's you know, got a different criteria, but yeah. um, no, I could have, I could have chosen some fucking four lads with bloody guitars, but what's the fucking <laughs> point in that? <laughs> but you went through like twenty albums at the start to uh, that you could have chosen yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. And there's plenty on there that you know, and I think that's sort of like that's such well for me anyway. That's like one of the most interesting things is that there's you know people are going to sort of choose an album that you know we've never heard of yeah. that's like 40 years old that's going to choose an album that we've never heard of that is yeah. 3 or 4 years old cuz yeah. it's not on our radar and that's the beauty of it and it sort of like showcases and highlights the depth and breadth of what's you know going on in Wales and you know Absol- absolutely and that's why I wanted to draw attention to this underground of electronica that's yeah. going on and just does not get any any sort of attention. No. We, we we talked about um, 
Trihu Doith and Pastor Hiff yeah. before before we started as well. And you know, there's loads of things that seem to be happening that maybe don't get the recognition that guitar bands do for whatever reason. Yeah. And you know, yeah, well, you can't play true Trihu Doith on the ra- Radio Company. No, can you? That's, that's the true. problem. <laughs> <laughs> Those party mouth yeah. boys from Canarvon. Did you see them at? Um, uh, soon last year, I didn't know. No, and like, yeah, just wearing these like pig masks. Oh and, yeah, yeah, like, well, yeah. Show and yeah, just uh, you've got to bring the show, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> when you when you call yourselves that, yeah. <laughs> cool. You can't just turn up. <laughs> well, Chloe, thank you ever so much for uh, for your time tonight. Really appreciate it, and for yeah, introducing us and hopefully other people to Kelly Lee Owens's uh, uh, self titled debut album and. Look forward to, to hearing what she brings with her second one. Absolutely. Jack boys. Jack. To close this week, um, we've got a great tune, actually. It uh, came about through uh, Horizons, Gorwellion, uh, putting together a bit of um, a Welsh supergroup, really. Um, a trio of their exciting launch pad artists who recently collaborated on a single um, to coincide with Deep Music Cymru. Uh, it features Edith, um, Foxglove, and more pit singer Kate Johansson. Um, this is their first... Um, song written in Welsh actually and it's called Paradise <laughs> 